What was your best costume you saw around Halloween this year? Didn't have to look far, Alice. Oh, God. So um, long-term listeners probably familiar, but some other people might need introducing to the figure of Ghostus, the Roman ghost. Yeah, which is you with a sheet over your head and wearing a replica centurion's helmet. Well, no, technically it's the, the spectre of a, a, a military leg artist uh, yeah. from ancient Rome, <laughs> embodied in a sheet, which yes. I keep on yes. a table in my basement. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Just know that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's referred to as Ghostus. It's really, you know, we really, really commit to the bit long term. Um, but Tally, my daughter, is quite enamoured with Ghostus. The first time she ever saw him face-to-face, she got very frightened. Mm. And then the next year, she thought it was the best thing ever. As and we would, year, yeah. <laughs> she asked, uh, as, a, as a Halloween present, she asked, could she have a ghost costume? And she chose a colander to be her helmet. So on Halloween, even though it was absolutely tipping it down with rain, she insisted we go on a walk around the block. So I took her out and we went for a little waddle and we encountered some people trying to mend their car and they were having a really bad time. And then they just fell about laughing at this tiny little ghost with a colander helmet (laughs) running up to them going, Ave, Ave. So that was pretty pretty cool. Does your daughter think that all ghosts say Ave? Yes. to this episode 206 of the electronic wireless show rock paper shotguns pc gaming podcast and the only podcast you need in my opinion which is that of alice bell and i'm joined this week not by wolf carlton unfortunately he's very busy shaving all his werewolf hair off from last <laughs> week um but excitingly ton wolf carl <laughs> i love glistening food Ah, the inverse Wolf Carlton, <laughs> I see. Yes, it's opposite stay in Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This week, myself and Nate will be talking about the most relatable characters in games. So presumably one who, for you, Matthew... I nearly said for you, Matthew. You working already. <laughs> for you, Nate, we'll include someone who likes fish and yeah. and various chutneys. <laughs> I'm an enemy uh, of chutney, don't forget, at the moment. Oh, yeah, you biffed chutney last week. How are you? Apart from your ghostly Halloween adventures, did you have a good Halloween? Yeah, it was pretty spectral. Discovered a really good suite. Oh, yeah? Which are these Haribo sort of skeletons that are very sour. Ooh. Uh, which Tally <laughs> called Necrons. 
Okay. <laughs> just poisoned her mind in every conceivable way. But yeah, no, they, those are good. Bought a box of Tunnix tea cakes as well. Uh, remember good. how good they were. Oh, they're great, yeah. Really pretty special. Big yeah. fan. And uh, I'm, I'm writing some microfiction. Fun. Moment, which is fun because I've been, yeah, I've not done a short in ages. It's nice writing little little tales. So, oh, yeah. that's good. Lovely. Crazy. What about yourself? Fine. No trick-or-treaters done this way because it was horrible. It's still horrible today. So there's just I, I'm just having to eat a lot of mini Mars bars basically now. Oh. Sobbing with <laughs> every meal. I have to have about three shove them into my mouth and weep. I don't know what it is about mini Mars bar, but I think like the ratio of like surface area to volume or whatever just makes it a much tastier snack. It's because there's a little bit more chocolate, I think. It's oh, I more... think that's a little less. It's very thin. Oh, interesting. They're good though, aren't they? They are good, yeah. So that's my main thing. Uh, and I, <laughs> I am, as I speak to you, damp because I had to go to the doctor today <laughs> in a yellow storm warning. So Whoa. I had to walk up the hill in 30 mile an hour winds as it was lashing rain. And I walked past this white van guy who just said, you shouldn't be out. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a named storm or just a roustabout? Uh, just a roustabout. We get a lot of them here. It's been non-stop storming for about a month now. Yeah. It's quite it's quite fun when you're inside, but not when you have to walk up a hill and get beasted by by men with ven. Yeah, stay dry. <laughs> like it, I think he thought I was like out for my daily walk, you know, and was just an idiot. <laughs> he thought you had no purpose. Yeah. No, I'm walking to somewhere. Um but yeah, no, apart from that, no no news. Although I did by the, a secondhand bookshop had a Halloween sale, and I bought a book called Zoot Suit Murders. <laughs> oh, that's that's got a ring to it. I know. I for no reason apart from the name, I don't know what it's about. Presumably, murders and big trousers. But yeah, because zoot suits are like suits that are like nine sizes too big for you, right? Well, zoot suits were popular in I want to say the interwar years, but that may be wrong. It might be post Second World War, and they're the ones that have. Really, almost hammer pants esque trousers with really high waists and then really big shoulders. Would they be appropriate for bursting out of a door with your two skeleton buddies and going rattle them, boys? Absolutely, yeah, the perfect yeah suit for that. Want. Yeah, so it's got a good pulp cover as well, with just like a woman who may or may not be dead lying on a bed with no clothes on and a man just sort of lying on top of her maybe trying to wake her up I don't know and then there are just some menacing zoot suited thugs outside the window <laughs> is it like an old book or new with a pastiche sort of cover I can't tell I haven't investigated it too thoroughly yet but I'm excited for that it's quite short as well so I'll get back to you about that and I also very excitingly got a copy of The Call of Cthulhu second hand so morally neutral and uh <laughs> And and it's like a special, it's got like a special 3D cover with 3D glasses included and the glasses are still there. So I'm really happy. Indescribably good. Yeah, very powerful. 
very powerful um, Lovecraftian vibes. I would like to read a book called The Brute Flute Murders. Well, that sounds like another euphemism, doesn't it? So, no, 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 no. This would be an enchanted recorder carved by a gorilla, which stole them from the <laughs> zoo. Okay. But anyone who hears its mournful note goes goes into a bestial rage. <laughs> okay, right. But yeah, it sounds like a euphemism. Let's move it on. Does. From it. Yeah, yeah. Just gotta go shrug the old brute. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just gonna go hoot on the brute's flute. <laughs> oh God. Two weeks in a row, baby. Oh. Do you know, I thank you to the the loyal listeners of the Electronic Wireless Show for sticking with us week after week through mountains of, not of madness, as Lovecraft would have said, but of nonsense. Just mountains absolutely. of mild mental illness. <laughs> now that's a book. <laughs> I looked upon the cyclopean form and... I felt a vague sense of unease. A terrible fright. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I wonder about us. You know, sometimes I think like I don't have, I don't need to go to therapy and it's unwarranted. And then and then sometimes my therapist will spend 10 minutes at the end of the session asking if she thinks like the next session is going to be soon enough. <laughs> I thought you were about to say my therapist spends 10 minutes at the end of the session presenting me with a sequence of facts about video games yeah. and challenging <laughs> me to find the two lies. I said, Alice, <laughs> that's just the podcast, mate. The podcast is my therapy. Imagine, God. Let End a Fight Club reveal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is all very relatable content. None of it sure a low percenter. It, and anyone listening to it, I'm sure, will find something <laughs> that they recognise in themselves. You know, you we should do one of those quizzes like in teen magazines where you have to answer multiple choice questions and then figure out if you're a Matthew and Alice or a Nate. <laughs> That's so doable, actually. It is, isn't it? I bet you could do that quite easily in like an ink or something. There you go. There's a challenge for someone. Do- oh, God. <laughs> How much do you like banging on glass at aquariums? <laughs> I love that picture someone found in the Discord. It's just like... A skeleton in a fish tank with eye tapped on the glass <laughs> on a, a little wooden sign. It's very good. Mm. We blasted right through the segue again then. I was <laughs> just stick, well, that's just relatable, having, isn't it? You know, we've all yeah. been a skeleton. And will be again. <laughs> so yeah, this week we're talking about like the most most relatable dudes most relatable characters in games and i thought this would be quite interesting i'm I'm sorry matthew's not here for this one because i would have found it fascinating to to know what characters he feels are relatable in video games yeah i want to know that big time we could guess who do you think matthew would relate to like a it'll be a baddie yeah <laughs> It would definitely be a baddie, and it would be one of those, well, he's got a point sort of baddies. You know, like how people were with, like, Killmonger in Black Panther? Kratos was right. Yeah, you know, it'd be that kind of, well, if you step back and think about it, guy's got a point. It will be, I don't know what villain, though. Yeah. Someone in Yakuza, probably. Oh, yeah. that's it. He'd taste some weird shirtless NPC in Yakuza that runs around shouting about fish or something like that, wouldn't he? Mind you, I think Matthew finds the main 
main man in Yakuza are very relatable. I mean, with the best all respect to Matthew, I wouldn't buy that if he said that on the podcast. <laughs> well, no, he too is an easygoing man just trying to make his way through a life of crime. Matthew's not easygoing. <laughs> and I don't think he's ever done a crime. Okay, yes, trust that. <laughs> Matthew's experience of life is hard going. <laughs> <laughs> Never gone easy at any point. <laughs> he is in the Yakuza, though. Yeah, that's true. You I'll okay. give him that. Well, I'll give him Yakuza. I'm going to write it down as if he said Yakuza. We just speculated that he would. <laughs> but I think it's a fair speculation. But what about you then? Because I feel this is quite a good litmus test for us as people. Yeah, I struggled with this one a little bit. I did th- think about Horizon Zero Dawn often when I go mm. to Relatable. It was one of the guys I put on our Ultimate Night Out the other week, actually. The, the guy who isn't a love interest in that and you think he's going to be, and it's quite nice, Prince Errand, I think it is. Mm. I thought he was lovely because he was very, he was just very flawed. And like, admittedly, I'm not a problem drinker. And that was, that was kind of his problem. But like, he was, he was a man with problems. And yeah. he seemed, you know, he was like cool and fun, but like pretty sad, really. And I thought, yeah, yeah that's nice to see a, a character like that. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's yeah. sort of riven with sort of despair, you know, where that's like their defining traits. But they are pretty sad, and they're trying to do a good job of hiding it, which is pretty much my experience of life. So I thought he was, I thought he was pretty solid, to be fair. Yeah, he's he's kind of quite a, a dude in that as well. Like he's just a solid lad as well. He's he's trying to help, you know. Yeah, he does the right thing as often as he can. Which mm. is, you know, what the most any of us can hope for, really. Well, yeah, quite. I was, when I was making my list, I realised a lot of mine was sort of like, uh, like, low-rung, like, drudge work kind of people. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> like, the guy in Papers, Please. Running. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So Papers, Please, if you haven't played it, listener, is... A really interesting kind of commentary on many things, but you play like a a guy in a border box crossing and you have to process people's applications to enter your kind of fictional uh, Eastern European country. And each day, basically, you get more stuff rules bits of paperwork that they have to have you know and you can do small acts of rebellion by letting people in when you shouldn't or like helping a kind of revolutionary group and at the same time you sort of want to be making enough money and not screwing up too much so that you can look after your family this is sort of game where i was very relieved when my mother-in-law died because i didn't have to pay for a medicine anymore yeah, you know, that is the vibe, isn't it? Yeah, but I I sort of relate to that just from I've I've done a lot of like sort of drudge drudgery jobs in my life, you know, where you're just it's just like going to work, have a lot of rules to it. So it was a, it was a lot like my time in pensions admin. 
It's a good one, that one as well, because you know the sort of classic argument online, like, and yet you participate in society, or like, mm. you know, oh, and you, you know, but you drive a car, don't you? And it, it's it's a nice for me a nice commentary on, like where you choose to be complicit with bad systems because there's kind of no other option. Yeah. And where you draw that line and, you know, no win situations, I suppose, uh, when you're existing within a rough system. I think it's cool. Yeah. It's very sad. (laughs) And it's also a a very good game as well because you have to – I ended up making sort of my own book physically of the stuff I had to look out for. And there's oh, for a, real? yeah, yeah, in a notebook because it took me too long to have all the stuff open on the screen, and and there's that guy that turns up all the time with really shoddily forged things, and I went, I wanted to be like, ah, go on then. He's the best. Doesn't God he end up being, being like blowing things up really bad? So if you do let him in, though, I can't remember. Probably. <laughs> it's very cruel with consequences. It is, it is. But life is cruel with consequences. This is it. <laughs> did you hey, see... oh, what were you going to say? Oh, did you see Stephen King told Elon Musk to go fuck himself the other day? They were negotiating. It was the most humiliating sight to see Elon <laughs> Musk offering to reduce the price of verification to $8. Because <laughs> it's... He hasn't got a clue what he's doing, has he? It is nice seeing him burn $44 billion. Well, no, I, I say nice. It would have been nice if he'd used that money for something good rather than just to look cool to, I don't know, weird, you know, Bitcoin fanboys. But It's so satisfying seeing him fail to look cool despite yeah. having infinite wealth at his disposal. <laughs> He's a gamer as well, and he really just, he posted like a really bad Elden Ring load, like no, he, ages ago he posted like a screenshot of like his equipped load on his Elden Ring character, and it was atrocious. Oh, not even good at Elden Ring. Not even good at Elden Ring. I can't talk though. I started playing Elden Ring. I texted Johnny Cardini about it and said. It felt like what I imagine going on Tinder in my hometown would be like. <laughs> it's just like some sad, grey-faced, kind of mournful monster being like, Hello, I am Georgia for the depressed. My family have lived here for millennia and I have eight feet. <laughs> <laughs> have you watched House of the Dragon, by the way? No, I haven't. I've heard, well, I've heard this a lot, though. People say, oh, no, this one's actually good. I watched some YouTube clips of dragons tearing the shit out of each other <laughs> last night and thought that looked pretty cool, actually, so I might give it a go. Well, I heard someone say that it's just, like, a, a tour de force for Paddy Constantine. I do like him. Yeah, yeah, he's a cool guy. But also, I don't know if I can be bothered with all of it, you know? <laughs> Did you find anyone relatable in Game of Thrones? Just no. to type I mean, I only watched like three seasons of it uh, and then I got tired. I don't really relate. Probably one of like the children that isn't in it much who's just trying to sort of not be noticed by their mad family. I think I quite liked, what was the Onion Man? <laughs> oh yeah, the Onion Knight. <laughs> yeah, he seemed pretty legit. 
like just, Isn't he, he had it, sort of quite big divorce dad energy. He did, yeah, and he was well in love with what's the face? Daenerys. Old, um, yeah. Well, maybe I'm thinking of someone else. Was that not him? Who am I thinking of? Maybe no, that I'm was another guy with big divorce dad energy. Yeah, no, everyone was pretty yeah, miserable right. in that. Isn't well, the Indian yeah. Knight from Dark Souls as well? No, no, no. The Onion Knight, he was like, he had his hands chopped off for stealing an onion or something, and he had a rowing boat in a cave. And I think <laughs> that sexy we, red witch. They should him. re they should remake the entire TV show of Game of Thrones, but based on your recollections of it. <laughs> With a kazoo rendition of the theme show. Yeah. <laughs> right, this week it's it's Onion it's Man. It's Onion Man. He's had his hands cut off and he's got a rowing boat and a sexy red witch. He's really sad because he can't row the boat. <laughs> he's had onions grafted onto his hands and it makes him cry. I mean, that's a, that is an Elden Ring character right there. This, I could do George R. R. Martin's job. He hasn't played it. He said on TV, he was like, I haven't played it. Really? Yeah. God. The big nerd. But no, Hades. I... Hades. Right. Who do you relate okay, to in okay. Hades? All right. The... Look, I'm being big and bold and responsible. Thank you. In Hades, I would either be, yeah, the sad, posh boy who doesn't like his dad, but probably I'm much less effective than him. And the first time I died and got sent back to the start, I'd be like, oh, and quit. Or I am the sad shy floating head monster whose name I can't remember. <laughs> I th- I th- funnily enough, because like, I, I played it a bit more recently, I went back to it, and I've got more sympathy for Hades than I expected to have. Like He's horrible, he's weapons grade horrible, but there are some good dad insights in there that I think are a little more nuanced than some of the like sad battle dad games. Okay, yeah. Tell tell me more. Well, because he's... I think there's a reading of it where there is some element of well-meaning in him and he's just... His disappointment in in Zagreus is just him being unrealistic. You know, it's a common theme in, like, media about parents, the whole thing of letting your kids do their own thing rather than what you expect of them or what you would expect of a, <clears throat> a younger version of yourself. Uh, okay. And I, I think to some extent he's just been quite short-sighted and just, yeah, kind of wanting another little Hades and Zagreus really isn't, um, mm. which is very simplistic. But I can see that. Like, Wait, and there's, there's, there's a bit of Bean's dad to it as well. You know, the Bean's dad. <laughs> I remember Bean dad, yeah. Like, Hades is a bit of a Bean's dad. <laughs> like, just, you know, not, well, how, not, yeah. Like, how would you feel if if Tally grew up and was like, I don't like fish or Romans? <laughs> no. well, this, is, this is it. Like, you know, she's at the age now where she's starting to form those kinds of opinions. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I like that she does, and that's lovely. But there are, you know, I don't think she's massively interested in animals. Mm. Um, 
for example. And like, I'm trying to encourage it and, and stuff, but there's a real urge to, sort of, to, to push it too hard. Yeah. And to be like, right, we're going to the zoo again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, right, let's sit down and learn Latin names of animals, you know. But, you know, is, is that really for her sort of rounded well-being as a human being or is it just so I can have a little mate with the same interests as me? Mm. And you've got to catch yourself quite often. And, you know, admittedly, my main and only interest isn't administrating the realm of the dead. Yeah. <laughs> but if it were, yeah, I, I, I could certainly see Hades being even more relatable. Uh, I don't think he's a terrible man. I haven't played through to the very end, so if he does something horrendous, you know, forgive me. But I, yeah, I see him as, as, as more sympathetic now I have a child who is generating a range of independent interests. Mm. Um, Tally's really into yoga. Really? Yeah, she does these... How... She's gotten really into these, like, kids' yoga videos. All right, okay. Quite cool. Yeah, she's all into like doing all her poses and stuff, and yeah, that that's alien to me. It is weird being into video games when not really anyone else in your family is, and this is sort that of your thing. situation. Yeah, and that it because it, I think for a lot of people, the generation before us, and probably even some of our generation, it's difficult to conceive of it as being anything other than like. A, a leisure activity yeah and, you know and and so they don't really know anything beyond the superficial about it so what, like yeah. I remember once I was talking to my mum and I was like oh well you know it's quite tough being a woman in video games she was like oh I think there's an article in that and I was like yeah, <laughs> yeah okay yeah the amount of times I get asked whether I'm gonna put something in a novel well <laughs> Like if I'm just describing an intensely annoying situation and someone could be like, well, you can put that in a book. Actually, I say that. I mentioned, I think, that the cruise we went on a couple of years ago. Mm. We went with Ashley's dad and his partner and she has she had a habit of phrasing everything as a rhetorical question. Like, would I go back to the ABBA museum? No, I don't think I would. Or do I think the buffet is decent? Oh, yes, absolutely. I, I did actually rob that wholesale and use it for a character in Twice Dead King. <laughs> became a massive fan favourite <laughs> for that gimmick. <laughs> so, you know, fair dues. I did put that one in a novel. <laughs> uh, I hope that person doesn't listen to this podcast because they could have you for, for royalties. <laughs> This is it. A massive IP theft. <laughs> yeah. What else have you got? Because I'll tell you one that I've, I've put uh, as a relatable character is Wilmot from Wilmot's Warehouse. Oh, damn it. He was my other one as well. Because I was thinking about games about work, and that is, yeah, that's the one, isn't it? Yeah. So in Wilmot's Warehouse, you are a little perambulatory cube, and you run a warehouse of goods that are all, they're all cubes the same size as you and every day a truck appears and unloads a lot more at the bottom of the screen and you then have to store them in your big warehouse however you see fit uh, and they are quite sort of abstract images so you can sort of categorize them however you want uh, and it's a real nice kind of you know you get to sort of 
enjoy your work you know it's it's kind of it's quite a rote existence it's quite hard you know but you you get to sort of create your own fun within it that's it it's about creating your own fun I, I know from from chatting with the developers that it was I forget what job it was based on I think uh, one but, of them worked in a warehouse yeah and it was very much that thing of like almost creating something between mnemonics and mini games like around bland and repetitive work mm. so in like you know, the things you do in Walmart it's like okay things that look a bit like faces go in this section or whatever yeah you know and that's it's very abstract and it only makes sense to you but it helps you do your job and it just brings a little color to it as well yeah well one thing that I really liked because I interviewed them as well I interviewed them on stage at EGX the Richards Haggish and Hogg and the lovely man yeah and you will like your warehouse will be completely different to anyone else's because you have different interpretations of all the images but there are like canonical like <laughs> the Richard that drew them he knows what all of them are and like we were on stage he just turned around and started going that's one of that that's that that's what that is that's what that is Oh, that's broken. Like he has, he he knows what each of them is or is meant to be. And I was like, no, stop, stop. Yeah, that's very forbidden. Yeah. Can't do that. But I think that's very cool. And I, yeah, I really like it because it does remind me of when I worked in, you know, retail and, and all that kind of stuff. You find ways of like making things fun and like moving the stock room around and stuff. It's good. Crusader Kings, I think, can occasionally stray into relatable territory. You know, that feeling when you're deciding whether to dissolve the Holy Roman Empire because your sister, <laughs> who's also your dad, has made a horse pipe. No, it's TFW, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When you end up playing as someone really unremarkable in that, mm. or who clearly... You know, you get the vibe just through accident of the way, you know, characters get formed in that game. You know, like when you get like a young noble who's really interested in astronomy uh, and is never expecting to have the throne and then suddenly has to like, you know, wage a bloody holy war in Estonia and they're not really, they're not really keen on that. You feel for them. Mm. You know, obviously, the the game is at its best when it's you know pitting ludicrous characters against ludicrous situations. But it does have—I don't know whether to call it accidental—serendipitous uh, little moments of humanity uh, where you're playing as as people who might actually be reasonable uh, mm. in in an unreasonable world, and that's always quite an interesting thought experiment in terms of role playing. Mm. Again, whether you could call it relatable might be a stretch. Well, I did. I've got. I put down like the NPCs in most RPGs as well, who are just you know like when you're walking around Skyrim and there's just some guy like kicking cabbages around, or just standing around waiting for something to happen. Because I don't feel like I'm one of life's main characters, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, or like. In Bloodborne, whenever you go past a window with a light on, there's someone inside being like, please, some water. <laughs> I think like 
being one of those NPCs where like the world is falling down and everything is rotting and it's all awful is probably quite a good relatable simulation of living in the UK right now. Yeah. But um stairs to camera. Yeah. I mean I don't live in the UK right now, but I'm role playing as you. <laughs> yeah, NPCs are an interesting one, aren't they? Because if you give them too little character, they they just feel like vending machines. Mm. But there's a certain amount of not having too much character where it does become possible to imagine, you know, because if they've got too much character and it's like, you know, oh, it's it's Wallabaloo, the cockatiel salesman. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can't really relate to that. But if it when when they hit the note of ordinary people in a, in an extraordinary world, yeah, that's that's quite that's quite believable. I like that. I've talked about them before, but I quite like the NPCs in The Witcher Three as well, who are like, who are like, like you'll turn up and they'll be like, oh, the you know the ghostly Rosalind has haunted the cornfields here for four hundred years, and then it turns out it's like a sixteen-year-old that got murdered like last week, and none of the fuckers noticed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're a really good simulacrum of like rural gits, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, what was I just thinking of? No, it's gone from me. No, NPCs, normal people, RPGs, Uh, ghosts. Uh, Ghostus, yeah, he's relatable. No, it'll come back to me, I'm sure. uh, Have you got anything else? Because I've I've got, like, sad children as well. I honestly, I've re- this is one of the ones I've really struggled with. I think because of my taste in games, because I mm. often play as things where you are not a character at all, and like yeah. most of the entities you're encountering aren't like you know. I'm I'm not a huge RPG man. So, <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. Though no. I'll go back to one of my old favourites, Bloody Banner Saga. Oh yeah, God, that's now that there's a good good metaphor for living in the uk <laughs> just a load of knackered giants <laughs> trying to ration out the last bacon <laughs> oh i remember what i was gonna say grum the paunch from warhammer uh, total warhammer 2 who is grum the paunch he's a fat goblin all right that's fine <laughs> like I think body positivity's uh, a really tricky one because it's it's possible to go too far with it in a way that's actually very patronising. Mm. Grom the Paunch was just a very fat goblin who really, like, very much was proud of being, like, the fattest goblin around because goblins are usually quite scrawny. And no one ever really takes the piss. Like, even his enemies sort of take it at face value. And, like, mm. yes, well, he's a very large goblin. You know, end of sentence. Uh, yeah, I think that's quite good representation because it's just—it's not the only thing about his personality. He's, you know, also a very avaricious goblin. Um, but, <laughs> but you know, he's just like well into being a a big lad, and all of his yeah, all of his under goblins really celebrate that. But it's yeah, it's not all there is to him, like, even though his name is Grom the Paunch. Mm. But yeah, I remember when I played that thing, wow, this is not where I expected to, to see a, a beacon of body positivity, but there we are. Grum the Paunch, great guy. Well done to Grum. Uh, speaking of Warhammer and The Witcher, by the way, 
Henry, big big vitamin H if you're listening. Oh, yeah. So sorry to hear about the uh, the Witcher news, but I'm sure it it's on to better things for you as you reprise Superman again, I guess. Is that what he's going to do? I assume so. See, now what I think, like, and I don't have insider knowledge here, just to be absolutely clear, I'm kind of hoping it's because he's about to do some insane Warhammer 40k project, like playing the Emperor or something. You have no evidence for that, though. That's just something you want. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm manifesting it. (laughs) Your universe ordering, whatever that is. Ashley's um, convinced we're going to get him around the house for dinner at some point. Remains convinced. It could happen. It will. But congrats slash commiserations to you, Henry. Um, we wish you all future success in your Warhammer-based endeavours. Is it the um the beefy Star Trek man is going to be the Witcher now? No, it is Thor's brother, Liam. I thought that was the beefy Star Trek man. No, different man. Who? Hang on. That's Chris Who's Pine. He? See, not one of the Hemsworths. No, Chris Pine is not a Hemsworth. Huh. Yeah. Clearly not. No. I think I somehow got this confused, the four Chris's thing. Yeah, Chris Pine is the one that Harry Styles put on. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Again, no evidence that Harry Styles did spit on him. But it's fun to think so. <laughs> but yeah, no, my so my other group of identifiable characters that I relate to in games are like anxious teenagers and young people. So like Lola and Milo in After Party, which is uh, a game where you die. Lola and Milo are dead, but they have ended up in hell, and they are quite yeah, they're sort of about twenty, I think. And hell, they end up in hell, have a demon assigned, but it turns out that hell has a nine to five kind of workday policy. And at the end of the day, you stop being tortured and then you go and have a drink with the demons. And it's sort of set up a bit like a like a university town. There's loads of different bars and they're kind of a bit themed and there's loads of stuff going on. And they're quite, my little Lola, like very close friends, but they're also... And I feel like Milo especially, uh, quite kind of socially anxious and and sort of a bit, you know, how do how do I fit in and, you know, how do I become popular and is it worth being popular and what is actually valuable? And that's sort of part of the theme of the game because the only way to escape hell is to out-drink Satan in a drinking contest. That's got big Bill and Ted vibes to it. It does a bit, yeah, but it's surprising. It's very sweet. And are the demons relatable in that? Are they likable? Yeah, they are. Yeah, uh, they all have their own kind of issues and stuff going on as well. And some of them have family issues and relationship issues and stuff. So uh, I liked it, and I think it should have maybe got a bit more attention than it did because I think it's the oxen free people that was their between oxen free's game, and I really enjoyed it. I hate to do another. Have you watched? Have you been watching Andor? No, people keep saying, oh, Andor's actually really good. And I don't believe you because I've now done a complete heel turn on Disney and Marvel and I don't believe they'll make anything good ever again. 
Uh, yeah, that's pretty much my position as well, if I'm honest. But I might I might give it a go, because I quite like the idea of like grubby socialist Star Wars. And yeah, the fact it... people are saying they're very surprised it's been made by Disney is... But it won't actually. And the only reason Disney would have made something actually anti-capitalist is if it somehow serves their capitalist purpose. Which is true, yeah. <laughs> but I quite liked Rogue One. Did you like that? I did, yeah. We should we should give it a little watch. Buy shirts and Disney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From that. But yeah, and, and that also like I'm quite. I don't. I'm not fully into Life is Strange in the way that a lot of people are. It's not. That I don't like it. I just don't. It's it's not like a a big kind of cornerstone thing for me. But I did find it very relatable that like. When Max, who is the the main character in Life is Strange, in the first series, she discovers she can rewind time, and the first sort of things she does with it are to make herself look cool and for her to do cool things in front of her peers. If she like messes up a conversation, she can rewind it and like have another go at it. And I found that very relatable because that is what I would do if I could control time. Yeah, like one thing I love just in fiction in general is characters doing seemingly irrational things with astonishing abilities because they're not acting like people in a plot they're acting like real people i i really love it when when people manage to achieve that because mm. i could, would wouldn't you yeah if i had telekinesis i would use it to like get the remote i wouldn't use it to like do anything cool <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd use to pick things up off the floor. So I don't yeah. like bending down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, th- I kind of think that was everything. I, I did. I nearly put the people in Saturnalia because I'm going to keep talking about Saturnalia because I think it's amazing. And I would say you should get it, but that by the time this goes out, I think it will have not been free on the Epic Games Store anymore. But you should still get it because it is an amazing, amazing horror game. And I was going to say I sort of relate to the people in that because they all have their own kind of problems and they're stuck in this town being chased by a monster. But they're all far braver than I would be. <laughs> it's like all you have to do, like you're, they're trying to escape the town, but to stay safe, all they'd have to do is like stay in the one house that they're in. And I would just do that. Whereas all these characters... Oh, I would simply stay in the house. I would simply stay in the house. Whereas these characters all go out into like, midnight dark streets with a little matchbook you know and then get chased by a monster there's a really maddening youtube channel which just like smugly explains how horror movie protagonists could have survived the situations they're in and i've never seen something miss the point so drastically i know i know i like the game as it is is fantastic and i have no notes but the if i was in it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if I was in it there would be no game <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I'm sorry I haven't really got many more I was sort of expecting you'd maybe mention the dad of war well I was trying I, I made Hades my only permissible because the problem is as as a dad, it's very easy to feel pandered to in terms of relatable characters. I'm trying not to take the easy way out. 
But I mean, of course, yes. As, you know, as an immortal warrior who's slain yeah. several pantheons and is now just trying to live a quiet life, you know, in rural ancient Norse world. Yeah. I relate to him a lot. No, no, that, that, like, in fairness, I love the writing in that game. Like, it does lean on some easy stuff, but it leans so elegantly. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the next one of those. Oh, that is one I'd love to do a playthrough with Tally when she's old enough. I do. Do you know who you sort of make me think of sometimes in terms of fictional characters is you know yeah. that in the disc world there's the four horsemen but there's like a fifth horseman who's retired uh yes who is chaos and he retired to become a milkman and make yogurt <laughs> yes that's that's so flattering that's the nicest thing you've ever said <laughs> i think of you as like a retired agent of chaos yeah that's do you know that is very much my vibe right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and having said that, then let's head down into the cabin of lies. Ah, yes. Yeah, I'll do the door. <laughs> Just, that was a loud one. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, that was horrendous. Sorry. Blown out of the mic there. So I do a slightly quieter one. No, no, you're fine. The cabin of lies. There we go. All right, Nate. What's in the yeah. cabin this week? Well, there's something, so that's good news, isn't yeah, it? After, after the jump scare of last week. So there's a. It's a job centre down here. Oh, okay. Um, and there's. You are. You walk in to find yourself behind the counter. Uh, and there's a queue of like enormous and threatening looking fantasy lords. Oh, okay. Who are all looking for jobs. And they're all, in fact, they are all of the playable legendary lords from uh, Total Warhammer series. Oh, Dear. Okay. Yes, that's right, Alice. They are. <laughs> and uh, you know, you're you're basically trying to work out who deserves, you know, because the old world has come to an end in a great com- conflagration. So they've all kind of got no jobs to do while they're waiting for the Age of Sigmar to begin. All right, yeah. And yeah, they, they want like office jobs, basically. Uh, they want temp work, but you're not going to give it to any who aren't real. Sure, I wouldn't want to, yeah. So I'm going to play the characters, and there's going to be six of them, and I'm going to try and do their voices from the game. And you just basically got to, yeah, tell tell me to get out if you think I'm not real, or, you know, afterwards, once you've done Uh, Is this going to be like when you made up, I think it was a Warhammer Lord who was called, like, Whale Whale? (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a bit like that, yeah. Okay, okay. Okay. Hello. I am Boris Ursus, Lord of Kislev, which is definitely not Russia or Scotland. Okay. As you can tell by my name, 
I really like large bears. I can command them to run around and eat things. Sometimes they can make a massive one out of moss. Out of moss? Moss and vines and ice and stuff like that. Okay. I'm actually going a lot more Scottish than intended, but we'll run with it. Uh, I was frozen in a waterfall for very many years, but now I'm not, and I was wondering if maybe you had any data data entry jobs I could have. <laughs> okay, great. Can you put your CV on the desk there and just wait to one side for a minute while I deal with these other gentlemen? No bother. I am Elohim the Incandescent. The Incandescent? Yes, I called for my flame magic, which I use in defence of the Emperor of Calfra- the Empire of Calfrans. What's the Empire of Calfrans? Why, it's the great bastion of humanity in this war-torn nightmare of a fantasy world. Okay, you sound quite a lot like Gandalf, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, so did the voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> I have an incredible flaming headdress, not unlike... the Do the, you remember the band from the 60s, The Crazy World of Arthur Brown, and the man who had the fire springing from his head? Sort of, yeah. Yes, well, I look like him. I've got a great big cape, and I've got a gun. A, and a gun? <laughs> yes. Well, because we rely heavily on gunpowder technology here in the Empire of Karl Franz. Okay. Mine makes an almighty burst of flame when it shoots. You've gone, you've gone a bit Matt Berry there. <laughs> <laughs> I get very excited when I'm talking about my firearms. I also but- have firearms, <laughs> and that I can conjure flame... Uh, by waving my hands in the manner of most sorcerers. I'm a very, very well-armed man. Okay, yeah. Bit of a vibes clash, I feel, with your kind of angely headdressy stuff and your, your gut. Okay, never mind. Well, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a, a, a fiery preacher. I'm a holy man. Oh, right, I see. And I, I'd very much like a job in, in short order cooking, if you have any available. Oh, that makes sense, yeah. Okay, well, I'll have a look in our records, if you could just wait a second uh, for me. Uh, who's next, please? I'm Greaseus Goldtooth. I'm a big, horrible ogre. <laughs> so I'm you are? I'm sitting in a wheelbarrow eating a chicken leg the size of a Vauxhall Nova. Oh, I think we had an article about you. I remember that image. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe there's someone in the game who just looks like me. I am called Greaseus Goldtooth, after all. Yeah, okay, yeah. and I quite like a job in dentistry. Right, okay. Greasy dentistry. Is there anything else you can tell me about yourself? Yeah, I worship a big hole in the ground called the Moor. Yeah, okay. Art chucking meat in it. Good, okay. I just love meat. All right, I'm not sure if we have dentistry, but I'll see if there's anything in the hygiene or health industry. Uh, all right, okay. Who's no, next? I'll go and take this shit in the corner. Okay, all right. Who's next? Hey, I'm Gundy Grimgears. I should have I tried to do a slightly different Scottish accent for this one. Okay. Uh, I'm an eerie sort of dwarven necromancer. You sound quite nervous. I am. I'm quite a willowy figure for a dwarf. 
Okay. Reviled by a lot of my comrades because I make strange contraptions from the dead and like cogs and that. Okay. It's well, not, it's no steampunk. It's not. Okay. <laughs> What's your last name? Sorry. Grim Gears. Grim Gears. Okay. What? What? How do the gears figure into the necromancy? The grim. <laughs> like. It's grim because it's necromancy, but it's gears because it's like Dovin machines and that. Oh, I see. Okay, so the gears don't really figure into the Raising the Dead. It's just a sort of thematic thing. Well, no, like you mentioned, like a lot of the skeletons, but like mixed with cogs and that. Oh, horrible. Okay, that's fun. And are you, so are you looking for some sort of engineering work or... I some... like to go into counselling, actually. Okay. Okay, yeah. All right. I want to do a psychology degree. I don't know if we... <laughs> so that, all right, or like a big fucking ghoul with a chainsaw will come for you. Okay, all right, that okay. side, you know. Well, I don't have to listen Grundy, to any threats. Can you, so. Come on, move out of the line. Don't threaten Alice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who's next? Yeah, Throt the unclean. I'm a horrible little rat. I'm sensing a sort of theme among. <laughs> I'm one of the ingenious in- inventors of the nefarious Skaven. Yes, yes, live underground, make horrible mutants. Okay. I've got horrible <laughs> bony spines coming out of my back and I've got a magnifying glass and three arms. Are you a bit Welsh or are you a bit Cornish? Oh, extremely both. Okay. <laughs> a very fat and thin at the same time, you see. I'm a horrible rat. The, the Warhammer vibes are not immaculate, are they? <laughs> All right. I can eat a thousand burgers a day. Okay. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> I've achieved it. Underground. Just to be clear, the a thousand burgers a day, is that canon or is that just a bit of flavour that you couldn't resist there, Nate? <laughs> Just a bit of flavour. Okay, all right. Uh, so you're, sweet rotten corpses. You're muddying the waters there, Nate, and I'm not sure that's allowed. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, these, these are just things that characters would say. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Ready for your last one? Yeah. Me, Crocker. Oh, Crocker, hungry. F- hell. <laughs> Me, a big muscly crocodile. And is that the voice you do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Me ride a Tyrannosaurus. Why would you ride a Tyrannosaurus? Because <laughs> even bigger, musclier crocodile, no. It, okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Follow orders from a frog wizard. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> of course. What's the frog wizard's name? Oh, okay. Uh, me cannot remember. <laughs> <laughs> Too many muscles in me head. Smashing. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you got Boris Ursus. Who, hang uh, on. Who, who, what faction does Crocgar come from? The lizard men. Are they actually called the lizard men? Yes. Oh, they are, aren't they? Yeah, okay. They I know truly that. are. 
Yeah, I remember that. Julia. All right, so only one of them is a, is made up. Is that right? There's two of them are made up. Two the of them are made up. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure Grease's gold tooth is real because I someone wrote an article about him for RPS, which I know is metagaming, but... No, it's in the rules. That's allowed. He is real. I'll let you have that. Okay. Um, yes. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure I can identify one of the fakes. Try me. I think Elohim the Incandescent is a fake because of when you said firearms and then said, and I've got firearms. And I think that was just you not being able to resist the pun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Elohim the Incandescent was actually a character I played in a film me and my mate made when we were 15. (laughs) Exceptional. Okay. So All right. that's, that's one for two for two you've got. Two for two, right, okay, okay. All right. The so rest... left you've got Boris Ursus. Yeah. Gundy Grimgears, Flops yeah. the Unclean, and Croc I think Boris Ursus is real because I remember you talking about the the Russianish the kids I remember you talking about Kislev. I think he's real. He is real. Okay. Okay. All right, I want. I want to say I think Krotgar is real. You committing to that? I don't know because it, like you not remembering who the frog wizard was could be you double bluffing or even triple bluffing. Or it could just be Krotgar's incredibly diminished neural capacity. Yeah. Don't forget, I'm an expert at getting inside of the heads of these guys. How how are we spelling? Because how is? Hmm. I shall tell you. K R O Q hyphen G A R. Okay, in that case, he's definitely real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's real. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay. So either the horrible little rat, or the or. The, the unpleasantly menacing dwarven necromancer. I'm tempted by the unpleasantly menacing dwarven necromancer just because that's two Scottish accents. And one of them... Bear in mind, to be fair, I should have done a bad Russian accent for Boris. Okay. But okay. I felt that would have come out as more racist than the bad Scottish one. So I shifted hard. Okay, okay. Oh... Oh, this is tough. Uh, I think I've got you here. Yeah, you might have. Okay. So who does Gundy Grimgears work for again? They're one of the dwarven legendary lords. So they spawn in the Mountains of Morn, which is one of the new areas in Total Warhammer 3. But he's not. it's not like a special faction of dwarves that do necromancy. Yeah, so like each of the legendary lords has their own sort of set mini set of rules. Okay. So like one of the other dwarves, for example, is like kind of like they're looking for ancestral treasures, which give them sort of amazing devices from the past. Whereas Grundy's thing is that they can make these war machines out of the dead and borrow some of the undead units. No, but I mean like they're, they're just part of the regular dwarf faction. They're not part oh, yeah. of like, yeah, okay. Okay, and then Throt the Unclean. Is Skaven, which are the rat people. Skaven. I 
I'm going to say Gundy isn't real. I think Gundy's the fake. Because I, I don't think Isis. I don't think dwarfs would be at home with necromancy. <laughs> Dude, you're bang on. <gasps> it, was, it was that deep command of the basic tenets of Warhammer lore that got you there. Well done. I'm so proud. I think this is the proudest I've been of any. <laughs> I Honestly, I thought Gundy was a masterpiece. <laughs> he was, yeah. So nearly had me. Phew, a lucky escape for you. Well done. And you thank will be reforged you. as a Stormcast Eternal. Thanks. I'm assuming that's good. Quick, let's get out Great. of this job centre. okay yeah very proud of that one uh thank you so much to you nate and all that remains this week is to give some recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game this week i am recommending the cabinet of curiosities which is the anthology on netflix it's sort of been pulled together by guillermo del toro like many anthologies it's quite up and down but there are some really really great episodes in there which would you say is the best because i was actually thinking of giving that a go this week my favorite one was i think episode six i think it's episode six six or seven it's whichever one is powerfully 70s there's another one that has quite heavy Tim Burton vibes, which is about a woman slathering herself in lotion, which is also very good. Which has got the best monsters? Uh, th- I thought the creepiest one was the last one. But there is a rat one with horrible rats. That's quite a fun one. Also, special attention should be paid to episode five, which is a, a retelling of a Lovecraft story. And uh, it's got Crispin Glover Glover in it, doing some absolutely top tier Crispin Glovering, and also doing the most bizarre New England accent I've ever heard in my entire life. It is amazing, and renders the entire episode more comedic than perhaps was intended. But <laughs> yeah, I am as they say here for it. Oh, it's great, yeah. So yeah, that's my recommendation this week. Nate, what are you recommending? Uh, Netflix from me as well. All Quiet on the Western Front. Ah. Germany's answer to 1917, uh, which I love. It's got the most frightening tank scene I've ever seen in a film. I think it makes a couple of suboptimal narrative choices as an adaptation, but there aren't many sort of full-on World War One movies out there, and it's nice to see another one added. I found it thoroughly grim and gripping, yeah. All quiet on the Western Front. Lovely stuff. Thank you, Nate, and thank you, listener, for being with us for this episode 206 of the Electronic Wireless Show, the most relatable characters in games, a glimpse into our psyche and an imagined glimpse into Matthews, <laughs> <laughs> who is not here to defend himself this week, but will hopefully be back next week. If you would like to keep up with Rock Paper Shotgun, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and TikTok by searching uh, Rock Paper Shotgun. And uh, you can write to us at the podcast at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. And I've just remembered I had an email from Jeffrey that I forgot to read out. Sorry, Jeffrey, I'll do it next week. 
And you can also join the Discord. The link is in the show notes uh, where you can chat to people about games and uh, there is a fun stuff going on, the community nights and things, but also there's a channel dedicated specifically to the podcast, which is on a brutalism tear this week, and I'm very pleased with that. Um, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But for now, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. And it is goodbye from the reverse Matthew, Ton Wolfgarl. I'm off to make amends with some Olympic swimmers. Bye!